Hey everyone and welcome to Tea Time with Austin. This is a podcast where we will discuss things going on in the pop culture and entertainment world. We will divulge into some of the most juiciest gossip and I will give you my take on everything in between. So grab your teacups and let's start sipping. Hey everybody, welcome to Tea Time with Austin. I am your host. Tea Time with Austin and friends. I am your host, Austin. I am with my friend Cameron. Rita is Rita's not here, and we're going to keep it at that. <laughs> but today is our Black in America series. We start and back up. But before we begin, we're going to have a Black history moment. Take it away, Cameron. <laughs> Dang, I didn't know I'd be the first thing to go. <laughs> I mean, I just wanted, me personally, my, one of my favorite uh, politicians from Black History Month, I want to talk about Miss Shirley Chisholm. Okay. Because... I don't think she get enough credit for what she is because she was the, not the first black woman, the first woman to run for president. Right. And she was also a black woman. She also um, was in Congress until I think 1983, I want to say. Yeah, until 1983. And she ran, of course, as a Democrat because, you know, Republicans wouldn't want a black woman. I just thought we need to talk about because I don't think she get enough credit for what she did and all the accomplishments she made in her life. Right. That's the truth. Well, Shirley Chisholm, everybody. Yeah. Okay, so. She's fabulous, too. She was so pretty. She was. She was. <laughs> Ooh, excuse me. You ain't got the corona, dude. Well, no. <laughs> that was some dust. <laughs> okay, so we're going to be talking about Black representation and why it matters in our community. So, Cameron, what is black representation to you? What does it mean? I mean, it's exactly what it says, you know, representing people of color in all aspects of life. Right, right. From TV to politics to, you know, everything, you know, because for some reason, the golden standard in America is white is always right. And you always need to make sure white people are seen. You know? Exactly. And it's all about, you know, showing that because I lost my check, America was a very diverse, you know, nation. You know? Yeah. Which is why, you know, things like, you know, BET exists because we know that shows like Fresh Prince of Air Martin aren't going to be played on Hallmark and <laughs> Lifetime, things like that, you know. <laughs> right. So, I, agree. I mean, that's what I think Black Rotation to me. So, you know, it's all, we had to go out and create our own yes. just so we could be seen, you know. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. We do. And a lot of times people say, oh, y'all, y'all, y'all want this person. I'm, ta- I'm come at, ta- talking about from a TV standpoint from my point of view people say oh why does it matter that it's a black person on this show or a black person on this show because first of all America like you said America ain't just white people so when I turn on my TV I don't want to see just white people on the show I don't see people mm-hmm. that look like me that represents me rep- not even just the blackness represent my personality how I act how I think stuff like that that's what I'm looking for in TV and that's what we need to be looking for in all aspects of life because not everything is just white people. 
Yeah, and I mean, another good thing is like you know even when it comes to kid toys, you know, mm-hmm. and these kid movies, you know, like you know I me, mean? I'm a Disney fanatic, but how many black princesses do we have compared to white? Right. You know, or when you go to you know buy a, a Barbie doll as a little girl, you know, or a gay boy, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what do you normally see? White girls, right. blonde hair. Mm-hmm skinny, you know. So it's not even just about, you know, black representation. It's just showing a, di- a diverse America, you know. Exactly. Everything is not white, blonde, and skinny. No. You know. So that's what more that's what it re- means to me when I hear black representation, but I mean, it's not even just about black representation, you know. Right. Just show all aspects of America, you know. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so like what are some black people or black inspiration that when you were little that you saw on TV or saw publicly that you were like oh this represents me or oh this is something that I can be like or whatever. I know a lot of people for example a lot of people say the like being a president Obama seeing him first or vice president Harris seeing her that's like oh we can look up to be this type of thing. Well for me personally you know me being in my you know, in my younger years, I was, you know, a basketball player. Mine was seeing Michael Jordan, you know. Mm-hmm. People considered him as the greatest of all time in the NBA, you know. And I'm like, oh, a black man did it, not a white man, you know. Right. So that's that's that was one that really got to me, you know. I was like, you know, I, like, I used to play basketball a lot as a kid. And I was like, man, you know, they're considering the best athlete ever to play this game is black and even the guy they have running up which was uh lebron james right same way they considered him as the greatest of all time so regardless of whoever it is you know that's up for debate or whoever but it still was a black male like man we can be great in athletics as well on top of politics and everything else you know that's true that's true what about you for me i'm not even gonna say when i was young Cause like I paid attention to that stuff, but like for me, it was like getting on up into what I wanted to do in life. So like teaching and stuff like that, I saw like when I went to school, I didn't I didn't have no black teachers. It was teachers at the school that were black, but I never were in that class. I was always in the white people's class, <laughs> the white teachers' class. So <laughs> like seeing people like, for instance, my mom is a teacher, so of course seeing her was like, oh, I want to be like that. But like I've seen. It wasn't until college that I really was like, oh, black male teachers are prevalent or black male teachers are what we need. Not really saying I look up to it, but it's like that's what we needed in teaching the world, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I had my first black teacher. Well, actually, I had my first in elementary school, my second grade teacher. I only had her for about a, a few months because she left the school after she had her baby. Mm-hmm. But... um. After that, I had uh, I had a couple in my high school. I mean, in middle school, um, I didn't have barely any in high school though because I went to a different, you know, kind of school. I guess you can say. Right. But I can understand that completely because it is, you know. And another thing, I think, you know, we need to stop, you know, telling, you know, these black men they have to be rappers or whatnot. <laughs> Look, they have good to be, point. That is a perfect point. Yeah. Or they have to be, you know, basketball players or whatnot, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's that. That's what, if you start seeing, you know, 
these successful college professors and black college professors and lawyers and doctors and businessmen, you know, you don't have to tell just because somebody is six nine don't mean they need to train for the NBA, you know. No. They can very well go to medical school, you know. And I think that's what that goes ties back into seeing black representation, you know. Yeah, exactly. A lot of black you people know. think, Oh, I'm tall or whatever, or my parents put a basketball in my hand. I have to play basketball. I have to do this. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to do that. A lot of people want to do something different, but they're doing it because that's what they told they have to do. Yeah, and that's true. And that's that goes on, you know, us, you know, as, you know, black parents or whenever we become black parents, you know, mm-hmm. let your kid decide what they want to be. Don't live your dream out through your kid or whatnot, something you want it to do, you know? Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely think that matters in seeing people, you know, successful and uh, black people are successful in other things except for the music industry and sports you know? yeah exactly but to me it goes all the way back to slavery and i'm gonna take it to history yes <laughs> let's go back in time <laughs> so like whenever i felt like when people want to be mute and i'm not saying nothing against musicians or anything that entertain or anything like that because i want to write i want to do all that but anyway people who it feel like that's what all the white people would think that you would be good for. Oh, you can entertain us. You said, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let the black person entertain us. You're not good. That's a slave mentality right there. Exactly. Like you, you can just be our uh, entertainment for the day, or yep, whatever. You're not. You you don't go to college. Just entertain us. Pick up a. Just do something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and I mean, like I said, I'm not bashing, you know, any, you know, any black people in the um, entertainment business, you know, because they mean they're they're successful in what they do. But I, what I think we need to do, though, is just, you know, I think as the black community in a whole, we need to stop idolizing them so much, you know? Yep. Because a lot of, you know, especially younger kids in middle school and high school, you know, they think you know, entertainment and sports is literally all, that's the only way you can be, you know, successful and rich, you know? Exactly. As opposed to, you know, starting your own company or something like that. Right. Or going to law school or going to medical school. Those those are successful career paths too. But it seems like everybody's like, oh, I just want to go to the NBA or I want to go to the NFL (laughs) or I want to be a rapper. I want to start my own YouTube channel and do this. I want to promote my music. Like, you know, there's more, you know, to just, you know, being young this and blah, blah, that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, That's seriously, true. like, everybody's name is young this, young breezy, young jeezy, young, I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> and we can do, you know, that's where we need to, you know, start seeing more, you know, black CEOs, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, more partners, you know, things like that. That's true. Okay, so why do you think so like why do you think there's a lack of diversity? I mean, do we really have to ask that question? <laughs> For the people that don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, just look back on history, you know? Yeah. Even, you know, the most common thing was look back in, you know, back on during segregation. Who were the most successful black people out there? entertainers exactly and athletes right you know those were the only ones that were accepted by white folks yeah 
You know, how many times have you seen the Supremes performing in front of an all-white all audience? Exactly. Or the Temptations, you know? Because that's what, we were, that's what we're, we're taught to think. You know? yep. We're taught to think that the only way we can be successful is being a white person's entertainment, you know? Yeah. You ain't, you ain't good enough to walk through the front door, but you can entertain, come through the back door, yeah. but you can still perform. Yeah, like, I mean, with, like, Hattie McDaniels is the prime example, you know? Yep. She wasn't even gone with the wind. They didn't even allow her to inside, to accept her reward. I mean, they actually did. She had to come through the back door, yep. but she couldn't even sit at the table with the cast. Exactly. She That's really what I'm only saying. got to come in, accept her reward, and leave, because they only see her as entertainment, not as a human being, you know? Exactly. So, I mean, that's that literally just comes back from history, you know? That's something that we need to change. Yeah. Because even, you know, a lot, some, even some of the slaves were used for just entertainment, you know? Yeah. If they had talent, if they could sing, they, their masters want them to sing from her, you know, and I hate to say it, but, you know, some of them were used sexually for entertainment, you know? Right. Because that's just... That's just the mentality. That's the slave mentality that's within our roots of us as black people, you know? Yeah. That um, is true. <laughs> yeah, but they're preaching, ain't you? <laughs> Child, you know I love me some black history. I love <laughs> Okay, so with there being a lack of representation or diversity or whatever, have you experienced any of this in any areas of your life? Whether it be school, work, or any other thing. <laughs> Uh, you go first, cause let me think about that. Um, have I experienced lack of diversity? I mean, if I could say one, it would be. I mean, just my my school experience. You know, mm-hmm. the school I went to. You mean it was black people there, but it was definitely at a lower ratio. Yeah, and in comparison to white people, because of the kind of neighborhoods we they, it was, you know, surrounding it. You know, yeah, and I kind of think that kind of falls into the education aspect. If you look throughout America, white people just in the whiter neighborhoods tend to have just better schools than a mm-hmm. right, and that's that's the mindset you know we have as you know black people in America because it's always it's always let's move to the white neighborhoods to get good schools. Rather than improve our own neighborhood and make our schools great. You know? Thank you, thank you. That's what I'm saying. Stay here so, and build this up first. Yeah. See, you know, it's not always about let's move to the predominantly white community so our kids get a good education. How about let's improve our schools, invest money into the education in our schools, that way they can stay where they're at. Right. And don't have to worry about that, you know? Right. I agree. But for me, I would say um, where I work at now is lack of diversity. Really? I will say that it's, of course, it's the majority white teachers, but I will say it's like, I'm going to count, four, five, yeah, five black teachers all together. (laughs) And that's like, that's pretty... Pretty sad, in my opinion. I think it is because we. Need Out of how more. many teachers do you think you have total? I don't know how many. Um, I was maybe like thirty some teachers. Yeah, yeah. I, we need some more black teachers. 
Yeah. Well, even when you look, you know, where do you see, you know, these teachers, these black teachers at, you know? You know, mm-hmm. you don't hardly see, you know, white teachers in predominantly black schools. You know, it's always, you know, a bunch of black teachers, which is fine, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, why is it that we seem like in order for us to, you know, be successful as a teacher, we have to move up to white schools, essentially, you know? Right. And, you know, one thing I was looking at, too, that North Carolina and South Carolina, I think, do, I think I'm pretty sure a few other states do it as well. Is that if you teach in these, you know, poverty-stricken schools, black neighborhoods, essentially, for you know an extended period of time, you get loan forgiveness because not any of the white teachers want to do it, you know. Exactly. Or that's how they drive white teachers to teach at these schools, you know. Yeah. So I think what we need to do, as far as diversity-wise, is we need to improve our schools to where we don't have to send. You know, the goal is not to. Be teach at a white school rather than just to teach at a school period, you know. Yeah. Not oh, I want to move to you know the white school rather than teach at a, a black school, a predominantly black school. Right. Because right. I, you know, I I I haven't been to well. I don't want to say the middle school I I first started at it. It was somewhat predominantly black, but it had mm-hmm. a, definitely a good ratio of white students as well. Yeah, and even that was probably like the only school I ever. That was probably the most diverse teaching staff I've ever had. You know, <laughs> literally, yeah. like, like literally, like there was there was a good a, a mixture of all teachers there, and that's how I think every school should be. You know, you know, you should have white teachers, black teachers, you know, and you just don't see that a lot, especially in these lower income schools. You know. You just see, yeah. you know, black teacher people teaching black, and it's always, you know, if you do hire, you know, a good teacher that teaches at a black school, they're gonna try to steal them away and teach and send them to a white school, essentially, you know. Exactly, that's true. So they're like, "Oh, we'll pay you more here," and it's just like, "Why?" Are we, I mean, you're teaching in the same school district. Why aren't you getting paid even? Is the million dollar question, you know? Exactly. So that is the question. I think that's something we really need to address when it comes to the, you know, diversity, you know? It is. I agree. So, moving on from that, what do you think about, okay, so we mentioned, we mentioned, like, black, black um, programming, like, BET and all that different kind of stuff. So, there's BET, there's Hip Hop Awards, there's NAACP Awards, there's all these different kind of awards created because of the lack of diversity in the entertainment industry. But my question is, why don't black people come to these awards? Because uh, they never but, win, you know. But they rather support the white awards like Grammys and stuff like that. Well, because we convinced ourselves that a Grammy is worth way more than a BET award. So I think that's, that's kind of like a state of mind on us, first of all. Yeah, we kind of yeah. feel like you know, oh, you just got an MTV award, oh, psh. and you know we we've done that. Me and you, you know, we always criticize Nicki Minaj because she ain't got no Grammy, <laughs> but she has won several MTV and BET awards. So I think that's something we need to do better, you know. Yeah, I agree. But I just I mean, feel like some some of our favorite artists, and I must speak for mine, like she, 
Oh, Lord. <laughs> Jesus. Beyonce, I love you. But she's all about black moments and black movements and black parade and black is king and stuff. But she don't come to these BET awards. She'll come and perform and leave and go home. Or send Mama Tina to come pick up home. <laughs> so it's like, if you support, I mean, you are black, but if you support and you're for this and for the cause and all this stuff, why you don't take the time out to come to the awards? And say the whole time. Exactly. But I will say, in recent years, she hasn't been coming to the Grammys, but I will say... She's been to the Grammys more than she comes to the BZ. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I like we just need to get out of our mindset that you know we have to because you know we have to you know win a Grammy or you know an Emmy to solidify ourselves. But we all know as as long as you know as you know, I guess you could say the white folks stay in control of the Emmys. The white folks are going to win the Emmys. You know, yeah, that's they'll true. do it. They'll give a black person a war every now and then as sympathy, like, oh, just to shut up the black community. But we yeah. all know there's no time in history where black folks have ever dominated, you know, the Grammys or anything like that. Yeah. So we just need to kind of figure out, like, you know, a way for us to realize that the BET Awards is just as significant as the Grammys and. You know, the Emmys, all that other stuff. Yeah. I agree, because a lot of people will say, oh, no, a lot of people will be shocked that we don't win grand, but I'm never shocked. Like, I I could, I mean, I see this coming from a mile away. It happens year after year after year, but every year we pretend to be outraged, but, but then we're sitting there in the audience at a Grammy or at an Emmy Award. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, what and then when NAACP awards are around, nobody's there, so it's like, what? Yep, so we need to it. really just you know and you know, really you know, enhance the meaning of our own awards. You know, stop having to verify your career by a reward that we weren't able to accept 50 years ago, at least not on stage. They would, yeah, they would true. pretty much mail it to you, you know, that's true. So that's, I mean, that, that literally okay. just ties into, you know, we have to, us black people feel like we have to be accepted by white folks, you know? Yeah. That is true. But I, but I feel like, too, I'm going to go back. I can only speak for Beyonce. <laughs> so I'm going to go back. <laughs> Beyonce is, like, she's got, got her title as the queen of music, if you want to say. So it's like, you don't need these people approval, but yet, I feel like sometimes you you are wanting their approval. Like, okay, you did all this Black is King and stuff, and they still didn't give you no award, but you still want their approval. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. And I I knew for a fact when they when that something said Disney and Black is King and one sentence, what no award or nothing gonna become of it because they didn't like that at all. A lot of uh, a lot of them people wanted it removed off of Disney Plus. I was like, wow, there was really nothing but, offensive or anything about that. But the yeah. comments was crucial. Mm-hmm. I was like, what really? Somebody said, what about White is King? Come on now, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And well, the, well, we just need to learn that we don't need white people's approval for anything, you know. And I, that saying. that I think that again ties into the slave mentality that we think, you know. 
we have to like white is right, you know, we have to live by their standards, you know, and that's not yeah, true, yeah, you know. I we don't need their approval for anything, you know. Mm-mm. We do not. So, um, okay, we so we talked about nominations and mainstream media, but um okay, I talked about that. Okay, so in politics, do you feel like it's become more diversified than it has been? Yeah, slowly but surely we're getting there. You know, we've had a black president, we had a fee- a black uh, vice president, and we have a female vice president. Yeah. You know, so I slowly but surely I think what really is going to set politics apart is when we realize we don't need old white men making decisions <laughs> for us. Like, seriously. Even with Joe Biden, Joe Biden is, what, 78 yeah. years old? We don't need... Why is, you know, a 78-year-old making plan, white, uh, making, you know, decisions about the future when, in all inevitable, he'll be dead in the next 20 years? <laughs> you know? Stop it. That's true, though. I mean, seriously, though. Like, when you look back at the previous presidents, you know, always old white men, old mm-hmm. white men. So I think it's time we diversify and make, you know, let younger people make decisions, right. you know. People in their 30s, you know. Even with why do you got to be 35 years old to run for president? What does 35 have to do any different than 30, yeah, you know? I totally agree. I don't understand that. It's a- but we keep electing old white men for president. You know? That we do. That we do. Okay, so um how do you think okay how do you think we should come together in all these areas whether it be politics entertainment workplace but seen to be seen as equal or whatever i mean i but i don't know why i asked that question because we ain't we ain't doing nothing that's making us not be equal they're just seeing us as not equal um Hold on, let me see. Let me, I'm trying to get a word. Oh Lord, there you go. <laughs> I mean, it's it's honestly like, for one, I think for especially with a lot with you know, Jar saying, but the white community, they need to start realizing, you know, they need to start opening their minds more to things. Mm-hmm. You know, like the world is constantly changing. You know, right. No matter how much you want, you know, for it not to, it's going to keep changing. Yeah. You know? So we need to make sure that, you know, everybody's opinion is being taken in, into consideration here. That's true. So I I think the best way for us would be to, one, make sure we diversify everything. Yeah. Like everything. And that that's part of the reason why, you know, especially with, you know, idiots like Candace Owens oh, and God. stuff like that, you know, yeah, and they're like, oh, why, you know, I don't understand why more black people, black people always vote Democrat. I said, because when you look at the Democratic Party, you see so much more diversity than you ever do in the Republican uh, Party. Yeah. Know? You know, when when I look at the Republican Party, I see, now I'm not saying all Republicans are like that, but what I'm saying as a whole, the Republican Party is, if you're not white and straight, <laughs> then you're you're you don't, you you're not right. That's you know? true. And again, I'm not saying that's all Republicans, but that's just what I see as a black gay male. You know, I don't see any inclusion for me in the Republican Party. Yeah, 
you know, they always want to ban, you know, rights for LGBT, you know, make it harder for color people to vote in these highly democratic areas. You know? mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, you say, you know, I was wondering why, you know, the Democratic Party is always overwhelmed by minorities because that's where that's the best chance for our voice to get. Yeah. That's where I'm going to look. I can put look down a Democratic Party line starting from president all the way down and I can see some diversity. Right. Right. So that's what I mean, that's why I always tell, you know, my boss, you know, me and her, we begin we get into it about politics. (laughs) I'm like, you know, if you want to see more color folks, because you want to see more color folks in the Republican Party, y'all need to open up your mind a little bit more. So I think that's a key to because I mean, honestly, looking at politics, I want, you know, a diverse, too strong um, part to a strong party, mm-hmm. you know, as long as they're both diverse, because having one party stronger than the other isn't going to solve anything. One party is just going to simply dominate, exactly, that, you know. But as long as you know, I continue to see bigotry and you know, hatefulness come from the Republican Party, you ain't gonna catch me voting on <laughs> I'm just not gonna do it because I'm not about to strip myself of my basic mm-hmm. human rights. But that's what I want. So, I think that's definitely one. one good solution is to really start, you know, having these, you know, Republicans open their minds, you know? Yeah. That's true. Okay. Um, hold on. I'm trying to read something. Okay, so what... Okay, so last... <laughs> okay, here's the question. <laughs> last week, we talked about I don't know if you listened because you wasn't on here, but last week we talked about how the <laughs> NAACP plans to help, plans to um, teach that country music star what the N word means. What are your thoughts on that? I'm on a fence about it. Do you know the story? Yeah. Okay. And I, I mean, I think like educating people could be a solution as long as you're open to change. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, even within the black community, you know, I don't think that a lot of us know the history behind that word and how degrading it is, Bro. which is why I don't use it. I don't use that yeah. because it's a very degrading word. Even um, it's funny that you say that. Cause I remember I, ca- I had this one class during undergrad. Um, I can't remember the name of it. We had a, a literally a whole, the whole 50 minutes, we had a, a, a whole open conversation about the word. Mm. And one girl struck me the most. It was, um, I can't remember her name. But she was a really, you know, smart, educated, you know, girl. And she told me, she said she uses the N-word because we took the word and made it our own. We took, we got rid of the E-R and added an A and made it our own official word. And I was like, again, I'm on the fence about that. Because because when you the history behind that word is still so degrading. That's what I'm saying. No matter if you had the A R the A or what, it still has the same context in my eyes. Yeah. So I was like, if you know, if we were gonna do that, why didn't we just, you know, instead of using the white man's word, why didn't we just create our own word? Right. Instead of using what, you know, basically they said Mm -hmm. and turning it to our own. You know, so I, I'm on the fence. If if you're open to changing, and you understand the history behind that word, then I, I I can understand, because sometimes some people do really just need an education and grow up. You know, 
in a household like that where they use that kind of language to describe, you know, black people. You know? Yeah. And you just need because you're not taught that in school, you know, the meaning behind that word. Right. So you don't know any better, you know, unless you do your own research. That's true. So I I I don't say I applaud their effort, but I can't understand where they're coming from with that. Yeah, but how I just don't understand how you would take somebody. Like, what do you want to put up a slideshow? I mean, send them a copy <laughs> of different movies and stuff. I don't because I mean I feel like he he knew what he was saying, but oh, I don't know. We wanted to we yeah. wanted to give him the benefit of a doubt because I don't know, just say just so we can have a teachable moment. But I feel like he knew what he was doing or knew what he was saying. Yeah. You would think when you get to of um, his age, you would know the meaning behind that word, you know, and why not to use it. Mm-hmm. And the the most common thing I hear that just pisses me off when I hear from white folks about, oh, you guys use that to call each other. And I say, first of all, yeah, that you guys call each other. And I'm like, well, first of all, when we use that word, we're not using it in a degrading term. Mm -hmm. That when white folks used to call them, they used it to undermine, to diminish, you know, a black, a black person, essentially, you know? Yeah. Made them feel like they're less than, you know, human, essentially, you know? Right. When we use that word, they kind of, I guess you can say it's like, you can say like, oh, my friend, essentially. Mm-hmm. But when white folks use it, it's only used to, you know, diminish and, you know, try to make, you know, black people feel like, you know, they're inferior, essentially. Yeah. But I will say this, though. When, especially in um, the school I went to, like I said, I went to a very country racist school. Mm-hmm. Um, white folks were using that word more than we were. So they actually adapted to calling each other that word. <laughs> See. Which is very surprising. I was like, oh, but literally, like, you would hear them, like, like you would hear them say, you know, to each other. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so they pretty much just kidnapped our word essentially <laughs> and just made it their own, you know? Yeah. And, you know, that was the kind of joke around, you know, school. Like, oh, white folks can't be original about anything, you know, things like that. Right. So, I mean, and like what I tell them, like, you know, it's not just white people using that word now. It ain't. It, I mean, not just black people. I mean, it. It's definitely white folks using it too. Well, let, let me let so, me ask you this, because I, I'm I'm gonna need your answer for this, but this is a tricky one. Is this the same as us saying the B word? Because <laughs> you because you know, you know I can't say it on the podcast, but you know. How we do? Do you think it's the same? Since people say, "quote," it's just a word. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think it's the same. I don't either. Because most of the time, when when you use it, you're not trying to use it to undermine them. Right. This was literally like essentially like the most degrading word like you could ever call a black person. Yeah. Know? And they were using it with the intention of hurting, you know. Yeah. As opposed to that word, which is not a politically correct word, but most of the time it's not used to like undermine white people. You know? Yeah, yeah. 
So. And plus, we we use it. So in I'm gonna say no. We use it in different tones, but anyway. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> oh god, you a trip. But um, that's that's most of the topics I had. Did you have anything you wanted to mention about this issue? Not this, but there's something I did want to say. Okay. To all of you morons oh, God. who voted oh, my God. <laughs> for Ted Cruz in Texas, you got what you wished for, didn't you? <laughs> this fool literally left the country mm-hmm. in the middle of a crisis. Right. And I'm like, why in the world would you elect this fool who clearly does not care about anybody besides him? I don't and, you know, I saw people on Facebook saying, oh, he planned the trip. So <laughs> what? So what if the trip has been planned? I don't care if it's been planned since the day he was born. Mm-hmm. You are this, you are a senator from Texas. Right. And your, your, your state is struggling. Right. And you say, oh, bye, y'all. Y'all on your own. <laughs> and they pretty much had to call you back to do your job. Yeah. That just blows my mind. Exactly. So I hope these people in Texas remember this come election time in 2022. Right. Since you talk, ah, uh, go ahead. Huh? I'm saying because I mean, literally, like you know what you're getting with this man. Right. So what you think about that? <laughs> Since we bringing up politics and people that don't make sense, what 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 was your thoughts on the acquitted in the impeachment trial? Uh, I mean I was not I mean it's not like I was surprised or anything I mean it's just showing that you know Donald Trump has taken over the Republican Party he I mean he has fully blown I've never on my 26 years on earth seen anybody take over a party the way he has he has complete dominance over this party Yeah, and it's sad It is. it's very sad it is (laughs) because it's literally all, it's going to be Trump's way or no way. Exactly. And to give somebody that much power is very dangerous. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, you're going to get what you wish for, you know, these, you know, and the thing, the, the whole thing that really pissed me off about <laughs> this trial, it, I mean, it really pissed me off yeah. was Mitch McConnell after he oh, acquitted Lord. Donald Trump, went there with his speech and said, Trump is guilty of everything he did. See. But I'm going to acquit you because it's unconstitutional. What? I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. I would be going through these people's minds. I don't get it. They're just they're just scared. I mean, they know the reason why they're doing it is because, you know, they just want to keep Trump's fan base. That's it. That's the only reason I do it. They know he's guilty. Yeah. They just want to keep his fan base. Yeah. So I'm just like, well... I mean, you guys, I mean, you keep up. You Obviously, Trump, Trumpism isn't winning. It's not. You lost the 26, you lost the 2020 election because of Trump. Mm-hmm. And you lost the Senate because of Trump. Yeah. So, if you want to keep up this Trumpism, then prepare to be keep being losers because <laughs> you're, they're not doing anything but dividing the Republican Party. Yeah. It's going to make are. it easier for Democrats to stay in tr- control because the Republican Party is as divided as it be because you got Literally, almost half the party that's saying we need to leave Trumpism behind, and you got the other half that's saying, "Oh, Trump is the future of the Republican Party." Yeah. So you got the ones that aren't going to vote Republican, I mean, because it's all about Trump. 
are going to vote Democrat. So, I mean, they're just shooting themselves in the foot. So, exactly. Well, if that's our hearts and minds are clear, Cameron, do your thing. Oh, was I supposed to close out? <sighs> Cameron, do you read your notes? I did. I I only saw the Black History Month. I must have skipped over that. <laughs> I'll close out the next show. Oh Lord, <laughs> <laughs> guys, thank. Let you. me see them. What you say? No, go ahead, guys. Thank you for joining us tonight. Remember to wash your hands, wear your mask, wait six feet, and always do the right thing. And. We'll see you next time. Hopefully, we'll all three of us will be here. <laughs> I'm back from maternity leave. <laughs> yes, Megan McCain is back. <laughs> Let me stop. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we will see y'all next time. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, thank you for listening to Tea Time with Austin, and I hope you enjoyed everything. Follow me on my Instagram at Tea Time with Austin, and I will see you next time for more juicy tea. Bye.